Thanks for jumping into another podcast episode brought to you by Bad Tabletop Gaming. Your hosts are Bill, Armin, Andy, and Dan. If you are a new listener, welcome and thank you for your support. If you're a returning listener, welcome back and thank you for your support. Before we kick this new episode, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Tony at Hammerhead Games, who has a variety of MDF and plastic cut gaming essentials from army trays to objectives and much, much more. And Matt at Pop Goes the Monkey, who has a large inventory of top-notch upgrade bits and specialized add-ons for the models in your collection. Links for both pages can be found in the descriptions of our videos. Lastly, if you like what we are doing, please like, share, and subscribe. Also hit us up in the comments, as we love all the feedback you give us to help us improve the channel and podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. This is Andy here from Bad Tabletop Gaming. Uh, this is another podcast of ours, and today I have Armin with me, and hey, we guys. also have James here with us again. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good, good, good. And yourself? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. It's uh, as we were talking about, pretty, pretty hot here, so it kind of fits the <laughs> theme of uh, Ball Secundus. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Pretty good. No demons here yet, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, James uh, is a big fan of the Blood Angels. As, um, yeah, guys that's an understatement. <laughs> so he's been, uh, he's been doing some work on uh, his army. He's got some lovely reds going on and whatnot. That's, that's awesome. You've probably seen it on the pictures if you're part of our community and stuff. Um, so, yeah. So... Blood Angels. The excitement in the blood. <laughs> yeah, the best legion. The, <laughs> the the quintessential legion. You know, the angels of death. Um, I'm pumped. Nice. How do you guys feel? <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's, I, uh... I was really excited when they were came out. That's for sure. Yeah. Th- yeah, oh, like... Go ahead, James. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, like the 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 uh, the models, the rules, like you know, I think Sanguinius, right? Like he, I think he was the Primarch that everyone was excited to see how they were gonna do him, right? Because he's the most, I guess, physically different of the Primarchs, and they have the most, you know, flexibility in terms of pose with him. Um, so yeah, I, I I I was pretty pumped when when the previews kind of leaked of him. Oh, for sure. For Not sure. just that, but I feel like if you ever look at any artwork that's like iconic artwork to even 40k, right? It's Sanguinous, Horus, and the Emperor. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what I think when somebody talks about 40k or if they're like, you know, show me 40k or anything like that. That's the one piece that I always think about. I'm like, yes, that's the, you know, that's the yeah. art. To to this day, I think my favorite piece of of not just any Games Workshop art, but of you know science fiction art, is the super famous you know from the early two thousands that that scene where you've got on the the bridge of the Vengeful Spirit, right? Horus standing over the dead Sanguinius and the Emperor, right? Like before thirty k was a playable game, like that mm-hmm. art was there you know, the visions of heresy and that art actually, you know, was a redo of an even older piece from the, from the nineties. It may have even been the late eighties. Yes. Um, but yeah, like it's just kind of 
quintessential Age of Darkness, right? I know when I when I started playing 40k, like that older picture you're talking about. Yeah, that was one of the ones that really stood out, right? Like it's like, who are these guys? And then you start reading into stuff, and you're like, wow, that's the well, story right there. <laughs> yeah, and it was you know when that original piece of art came out, like the story hadn't been fleshed out at all. It was, you know, that the emperor and the Horus heresy was still very much, you know, like whispered about and just excerpts and snippets here or there. Right. You know, I remember prior to Horus rising and the, and the trilogy, like the first Horus heresy kind of opening trilogy, right. Like you'd get white dwarfs, um, you know, that had like quotes or snippets about the heresy and like you'd, you'd bookmark them or cut them out because the lore was so few and far between. Um, you know, I, I, I still remember, uh, you know, Google imaging that that old, you know, the early 2000s um, trading card game where so much of the heresy art is from and and still influences you know the the models today right like that was the first time we ever saw cataphracty or the you know the jet bikes um and you know i for me personally visually i always thought the emperor's children and the blood angels looked so badass right so regal so you know the antithesis of um you know what 40k had become you know with the you know the you know, the, um, I guess, decay of technology. Like, everything's so grand and regal um, in the original art of the heresy. Oh, definitely, definitely. And there's a lot of beautiful out there for heresy. That is mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll jump right into the questions, and you, <laughs> you've probably already touched base on some of this, but um, <laughs> what what drew you to the Blood Angels? What What... What possessed you to go to the Blood Angels when you're looking well, at the Well, uh, it's kind of a long and sordid story. So, you know, I know we were talking about um, when we did the World Eaters video, how World Eaters in 40K were one of my first, you know, 40K armies. And uh, I loved painting red. So when I was looking at doing, you know, Loyalists uh, and, and, and 40K, um, the kind of the Blood Angels were... Um, kind of the the logical choice, um, you know. Again, super close combat army, um, very you know, I guess ruthless in their in their combat. Um, and this was way back, well, not way back, but I guess I guess it has been a few years now in uh, fourth and fifth edition. And I remember, um, I remember being on the Games Workshop page. And it was like the, you know, the Saturday morning that they released the new, the new models for pre-order and uh, the Sanguinary Guard models went up mm. and I was just blown away. Um, and I thought to myself, holy man, like I just, I need to play this army. And, uh, you know, as, as Armin can attest, you know, we played a lot together back in, in fifth edition. Um you know, yep. I was a huge fan of Mephiston, um, you know, back when, when, when Matt Ward was in his heyday writing rules. So <laughs> Mephiston was essentially like a, a demon prince that was the size of a space marine, so you could hide him behind anything. And, um, you know, there was just so many cool things. There was the Death Company, there was, you know, the Death Company Dreadnoughts with the Blood Talons. Um, and back, you know, when they, when they first were released... 
the blood talons had those ridiculous rules of every wound you caused could generate another attack, you know, with no cap. So you could have one dreadnought run through, you know, 30 orcs. So that was that was what got me into um, the Blood Angels originally. And of course, you know, um, for heresy wise, I had to wait a long time. Blood Angels have, are one of the last legions that they did. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember um, the second that the first rules were were leaked, um, and the first rules appeared in the you know prior to the um, you know prior to the current black book, uh, I was already brainstorming lists and trying stuff out. And now nice. that they're fully fleshed out, they're, they're just such an awesome army. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, quite. Uh... Quite a different army, though, too. They got a lot of, actually, a lot of options in their armies that in the army I didn't think they were going to have. Um, totally, but yeah, but unique, you know. So that's awesome, and we'll get into that as we jump into the units and whatnot. So cool. Uh, we got ah yes, favorite right of war for the Blood Angels. <laughs> Oh, okay. Do you want to do you want to take a guess which one I'm going to go with, or uh... <laughs> is it just the, is it just the one they have? Um, so they they no, they, have two, they do actually. have two. <laughs> they have the Day of Revelations and the Day of Sorrows. So uh, I am definitely a Day of Revelations guy, um, and the Day of Revelations is pretty much the best possible right of war you could wish for for doing a pure jump army um it's just it's awesome it's epic it's it's uh overwhelming um and it's so cinematic so yeah i definitely have to go with uh the day of revelation <laughs> it's 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 blood angels <laughs> like <laughs> totally you know it, it's 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 blood angels and it's you know um it's it's the angels of death, right? Like they're yeah. literally descending from the heavens, raining fire and retribution down. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, flavorful, um, names of rules. You know, we've talked about, uh, you know, one of the best written rules I think is in wreathed in lightning, they rend the veil for, for the thousand suns. Um, but, this this right of war like cometh the host with fire and thunder opening of the seal like those are just the names of the rules the it judgment like, of the yeah like <laughs> it's armageddon right pretty much so it's it's pretty awesome nice nice and yeah we can get into those uh, a little bit later as well yeah for sure um, okay now um the units the question, the question we always ask everybody too, right? In these four questions, but uh, out of these Blood Angel units, which one would you say is your favorite? So, I'm pretty partial to the Dawnbreaker cohort. Um, I think, you know, just the again the imagery, right? This is a legion of jetpack assault units, um, mm. and the Dawnbreakers pretty much you know they are the embodiment of that they've got you know the the wicked spears they've got the you know they're the um 
you know, first Space Marine jump infantry actually on flight stands. So they're a little bit, they're like, you know, mid-air. They're not like every other Space Marine jump infantry unit, which is running on the ground for some reason. Um, you know, so I, I definitely have to say them. Um, you know, the Crimson Paladins are really cool looking, but, uh, you know, just due to other reasons, I can't, I can't honestly say that they're my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, and they got a few few different units. That's for sure. Crimson Pounds, Dawnbreakers, and the Dreadnought, and the Dreadnought, the, yeah, the uh, Incandius Dreadnought, which is oh, he's he's cool. <laughs> and then the uh, the Angel Tears as well, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, Armin, what about you? You have a favorite for those for Blood Angels? I really do like the uh, Terminators, right? Um, oh. But I only like them. The Crimson Paladins. Uh, but I only like them because of how they look. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I, honestly, Fair like, in game, there's there's a lot of things that I feel like they lack. Right. But that said, though, um, they look amazing. Um, yes. I do. I do like honestly the uh, um, uh, the Dumbbell cohort. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's exactly what you said too. Like they're they're what I think Blood Angels should be. Right. right. Five up, two attacks, veterans, two plus, you know, armor. So are they? I guess I don't know enough about this, but are they supposed to be your sanguinary guard? Is that kind of like? No. So you know that no. I think that was part of the there. There was some I guess controversy uh, around that. So you know I think Forge World. Um, when we've looked at what their releases are, um, you know they've 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 never done like a straight up duplication of an existing Games Workshop model. You know, Games Workshop did it the other way around um, with the you know the Scarab the Scarab Terminators are essentially the same as the Sekhmet, but they're again a different mark of armor. Um, Forge World opted not to do Sanguinary Guard, uh, and I think the reason is because, honestly, it's the same armor, it's the same gear, there's no reason to basically redo a plastic model. Um, and, you know, in terms of the fluff, the Dawnbreaker cohort kind of exists as, you know, um, you know uh, a shock assault unit like i think you know whereas the sanguinary guard are very much more kind of that bodyguard unit right they they are the you know the bodyguards of sanguinius they you know are the bodyguards of you know high up senior legion commanders so they they don't fill uh, necessarily a frontline shock troop role okay okay but to be completely honest, if Sanguinary Guard did exist, their rules and stats would probably be very similar to the Dawnbreaker cohorts. Um, but yeah, definitely point of contention. I know a lot of people, um, you know, have converted Sanguinary Guard with spears to represent the Dawnbreakers, um, just because Sanguinary Guard are such an iconic part of the Blood Angels, um, and Dawnbreakers really have a different aesthetic. No, oh, definitely. Pretty neat though. It's 
did they they didn't come out with these models yet, did they? Yep, they're out. Or they yeah, are. The Dawnbreakers are out. Yeah, the 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 Blood Angels actually, you know, um, got fairly fortunate, right? You know, the 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 newer legions, um, you know, the entire line of models for the Blood Angels um, has been released with the with the exception, excuse me, of uh, Judicator um, Crone. So basically, oh, okay. all the units, all the special characters um, minus one have have been released. So you know that's that's pretty nice, especially because for those waiting to do the Blood Angels, they've been waiting for so long, right? <laughs> so it's not like they have to wait another four years to get you know a trickle of models. No, I hear you on that. I'm, I'm still <laughs> waiting on a few for my Ultramarines. Yeah, the, the Ultramarines <laughs> got shafted. Yeah, they're they're still they're still missing the uh, the jetpack guys and the Terminators, eh? Uh-huh. And and their name Dreadnought too, right? Telemachus. Oh, yeah. So, but um, here's some uh, swords and boards, and that should be good enough for you. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, no, that's that's awesome though. Like anybody who's starting Blood Angels, it's all right there for you. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Forge World, if you're listening, we need more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's another thing too, right? So not only did they get all their special units. But they also, um, you know, they got the upgrade packs, of course. But they also got the um, Leviathan, um, their unique Leviathan, their unique Contemptor, and their unique uh, Praetors. So, um, yeah, like, they honestly, like, I I think they might be, you have to jump in uh, if someone can think of another Legion. But I think they're probably the closest Legion to being a hundred percent model represented for rules, with with them only missing the one character. I don't think any other legion has um, everything represented that way. Maybe space wolves. I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, it's pretty close. Yeah, off the top of my head, I'm not. You'd think some of the earlier ones, like Sons of Horus, but yeah, yeah, they're pretty yeah. close. Yeah, but they don't have right. Malagurst, right? Like, there's still a few characters that are, that are like, you know. Oh, that's right. From... That's right. Yeah. So, if any of the guys who are listening or watching this on YouTube, if you know, chime in, let us know. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. The okay. So here's here's the big question, the big juicy question that everybody loves. <laughs> what is your most favorite fluff story? Whichever from Heresy for Blood Angels. Oh man, um, I'd have to say the the siege. Um, so you know, uh, it hasn't been fleshed out yet. That the two my two favorite moments. Um, they're getting really close in the uh, Solar War series, but I'd say it has to be a toss up between Sanguinius's confrontation with Horus. Um, on the Bridge of the Vengeful Spirit. Um, I think so many Blood Angel fans are dying to see, you know, what went down and, you know, the 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 chink in Horus's armor, if that, you know, because the, the, the mythos is that basically Sanguinius, um, you know, put a chink in Horus's armor, and that's what allowed the Emperor to, you know, one-shot him, basically. Um, and, again, 
I'm sure they're going to fluff it, you know, fill it out with, with, uh, you know, more details or they might retcon stuff. But as it stands, the idea of, you know, Sanguinius going in there, confronting Horus and yes, being slain by Horus, um, you know, it's just what, what better way for, you know, a Primarch to go out than at the hands of the Arc Trader. Um, and in the fluff that's released so far, um, you know, they make it sound like, you know, yeah, Horus killed him, but he was so, you know, epic and so mighty and so formidable that Horus had to actually resort to a psychic attack to overwhelm him and then and then ultimately kill him because, you know, he couldn't overcome him with just martial skill. And keep in mind, this is after Sanguinius dueled Kabanda and threw him, you know, from the from the sky um, onto, you know, um, the broken ramparts of Terra, which is my second favorite heresy <laughs> moment. Um, Sanguinius's, you know, rematch against Kabanda and owning him. Nice. So the one thing that I really like, and I mean, spoilers again, um, so... If you don't want to hear it, just skip ahead a little bit. But it's the man. I'm gonna lie now. Ralderon. Yeah, Ralderon. Uh, yeah. Against the painted jester, was that Ralderon? Yeah, uh, the paint. Yeah, the painted. Uh, the painted prince. Um. The the night lord's guy. The night lord guy is the prince, not jester. Yeah, I think I think it's the painted prince. Yeah, the guy with the demon sword. The comp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't remember, but now I can't remember his name. So if you guys have it, like let us know or let me know what it is. But uh, that fight, if you haven't read it, is probably by far like it's an awesome piece of of writing and just how you know the Night Lord guy is so amazing and just massacring everything, right? And uh, he fights uh, Ralderon and. Uh, you know, he, he heard about how Ralderon is so awesome at fighting. And he, like, is kind of like, not, I don't want to say he's owning Ralderon, but he's doing really, really good. Right? And Ralderon's basically uh, barely surviving, right? And then all of a sudden, the, the Demon Sword, you know, betrays him, basically. Abandons and him. Abandons him, yeah, of course. And then at that last moment, he like starts fighting and, and he describes it because it's from his point of view and he describes it as if he's moving underwater compared to Ralderon. Cause then, you know, when he doesn't have that demonic speed and he's just a regular space Marine, like I think it takes Ralderon like two strikes and the, yeah. the fight's over. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and I think, I, yeah, <laughs> it's just owned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then at that point he realizes what a fool he's been. Because literally, he he was nothing without the demon sword. I mean, <laughs> well, that's a lesson to him with the demon sword, right? Like the demon sword clearly tricked him for that reason, right? Yeah. Well, the, the demon sword even mocks him and says, you know, he's like, you thought you could take on Ralderon, like he is like a <laughs> right? god of battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's it's funny how even like you almost get this like jealous feeling from the sword. That what would a demon be able to do with somebody like Ralderon, yeah. right? And that's probably why like Abaddon becomes who he is because he's already a god of battle, right? Totally. And they take him, and that's why the Primarchs, you know, where this demon sword or this demon or whatever is just, you know, he's only well, got garbage yeah, to work <laughs> to other. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> some some Trump night lord. Cool, that's right, but it was such a cool, uh, you know, story because you because that's exactly it. Like everybody knows Ralderon, right? Like you know who he is, and you know everybody in basically the galaxy knows of him, right? And there's maybe a handful that were able to stand up to him and actually, like, barring a Primarch, yeah, can actually stand up to him and fight, well, right? I and think... even the Demon Sword, like, with all his help. Like he, yeah, he was winning, but he was still. It wasn't like, you know, a one-sided fight either, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to reread it, uh, reread that battle, because um, yeah, like it, it was a good one. Um, you know, I think that really that moment and kind of what you're describing captures one of the coolest parts of the heresy, right? Which is especially um, if you guys haven't read, you know, the the Solar War series as it's as it's kind of ramping up. Is you know yeah everybody knows the Primarchs they're these like super demigods right, but there's that top tier of Space Marine right, which you know includes the likes of Abaddon, Corswain, you know Ralderon, Sevatar, um, and you know the the relationships that that they have right how they're you know some of them dread facing the others on the field of battle some of them anticipate it and you know are are looking forward to it because you know they're the only challenges and i think um you know for the for the blood angels right the blood angels are one of those cool legions that have uh you know a few of those characters right there's ralderon there's al kezion i can't ever pronounce his name um you know and they're those, yeah, those top tier guys, the, you know, the equivalents of, of Abaddon and, um, and Typhus and all of the, you know, their, I guess, dark mirror counterparts that, that fell to chaos and ultimately are still around in 40k and are, you know, near Primarch power. Nice. Yeah, some good stories to come ahead if you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, obviously, Armin and, and James have uh, read a fair bit, so... <laughs> Well, I haven't read the newest book actually. I, I keep meaning to get it, but I, it's uh, it's really good. And and there's some Blood Angel action in it too for those that are you know, um, you know, interested particularly in in the Blood Angel stories. And and there's actually kind of one of those face-offs between you know Abaddon and a super famous Blood Angel. So it's a lot to look forward to. Nice, nice. Yeah, have to. Uh... Get that right away. <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, so I guess that was the, the good enough for the questions there. So we'll be moving on to the army itself now. So fun part, <laughs> the breakdown. Pretty much, yeah. That's where that's where everybody gets to chime in on on the good stuff. So and I'm sure we'll have guys looking at it too and commenting, uh, like always. Uh, so yeah, if you agree, disagree with us, hey, put it in the comments, and we'll uh, we'll we'll tackle yeah, those together like and hate it. throw some to James. You know, got questions for him, all that stuff. Get Armin going. It'd be awesome. So James answer. He's answered quicker than we do. So <laughs> nice, nice. So, um, and if you guys want to do the reading, would you like to uh, Armin or? Shall I start off here? Sure. Okay. No, no, I can start. I can start with the with the army a little bit here. Okay. So they've got their uh, so their their regular rules. So in Carmine theory, right? So when fighting using a melee weapon, 
any model with the Blood Angel special rule requires one lower result to wound that they would normally up to a minimum of two plus. So this effect applies regardless of the weapon that they're using. So if, if normally, you know, it's four plus to wound, then they get plus one, right? So this is really, really good because it basically applies to any melee type weapon, right? Yeah. Anything in close combat. So um, nice. that, that's really, really awesome rule. It definitely gives them that benefit and that edge that, you know, they would get in close combat, right? Which is where they excel when you think about and, it, right? And I think, you know, uh, unique amongst the Space Marines, that rule single-handedly makes them the best at fighting, at least in combat, demons and Mechanicum. Because those armies, you're facing so much high toughness. You know, whether the Space Marine is strength four, strength five, or strength six in some cases, you know, with like World Eater chain axes and whatnot, um, they'd still need a six to wound, you know, a toughness eight demon. Whereas Blood Angels have the ability that a, a basic Marine, because everything wounds on sixes, um, are wounding those guys on fives now. So um, that's that's really big. And, and especially also against, you know, other serious close combat armies like Custodes and stuff. Um, it, it gives them a significantly higher chance to hold their own in combat. That's right. It's not plus one strength, right? It's yeah. definitely it's just plus one to wound, right? And you're right. That's that ugly. Different, right? That's that's ugly yeah. with the um what is it, divining blade. Oh yeah. There's 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 a lot of sick, monstrous close combat combos. Um and uh you know yeah just being able to have being able to have tactical marines thrown into you know a thanatar um or you know um the uh the not what what are what are the other ones uh, not the thalax cohorts what are the medium ones armin castlax yeah the ca yeah the castlax you know having you know basic marines go against them and wound them on fives you know you're 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 doubling their effectiveness essentially against that mm -hmm. unit um, so, you know, yeah. you, you, whereas before, you know, Mechanicum, it's a no brainer to charge, you know, into a unit of, you know, tactical Marines or assault Marines. Cause it's like, oh no, one power fist is in the unit. Well here suddenly it's like, okay, well I have to make double the amount of saves now. Yeah. Like you're actually going to have to make saves now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Uh, the next one is the without remorse, without relent. So models with the Allegiance Studies Blood Angel Special Rule, of course, must always make sweeping advanced rules if they're able to, and may not voluntarily go to ground. So the going to ground can kind of hurt you if you're trying to, um, you know, survive. Hide in ruins, yeah. Right, so that's the, a little bit of a negative, right? And always making sweeping advances. Again, we kind of talked about it last time. Like, when would you, when would you ever choose not to make sweeping advances? <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this was just a little <laughs> bit of a negative. Because like the the sweeping advance on whatever, but uh, the the going to ground I think can hurt them a little bit, but it's not like overwhelming, right? And then the host of angels. So with the exception of dedicated transports, a detachment may not have more units with the vehicle type uh, than it has Legion of Studies Blood Angel Special Rule. So note that because of this, certain right of wars may be unavailable to Blood Angels. So this is interesting. I like how they say with the exception of mm -hmm. transport because i know there's a few right of wars that don't say that so it makes it really difficult to kind of plan out your army mm -hmm. right so so this i do like um 
I, I don't really know how this rule like plays with the fluff because I think Blood Angels do run lots of vehicles sometimes. But yeah, so I guess maybe they. So it's one of those things where you kind of see a divergence um, from the 40k universe and the 30k universe. So in the 40k universe, Blood Angels field a lot of land raiders and ball predators. But the reason that is, is because their vehicles um, for a combination survived the heresy a lot better. Okay, uh, okay. So, you know, the, of course, you know, from anytime you've got a limitation, that's obviously, you know, a, a, a negative thing for an army. Um, you know, in terms of how this in actuality limits the Blood Angels, um, well, if you're, you know, if you're looking to build a, you know, a, I guess a power, like a powerless tank army, well, Blood Angels aren't the Legion you'd choose. Um, but if you wanted to do, because they do have access to basically make ball predators with uh, assault cannons. So this would limit your ability to take, you know, uh, a pure ball predator army, for example. Um, but other than that, it's, you know, it's it's not a crippling limitation, but it still sucks. Yeah. Yeah, or like if you're trying to run lots of javelins, yeah, I know that they do them. Yeah, it's just showing a little bit of the flavor to the to the army because it's more than likely you're going to be a lot of boots with jetpacks, right, or jump packs. Totally right, and and again, right, like again, it's is it a limitation? Yes, but it's not. You know, it's not, it's not crippling. It's not mm -hmm. huge. It just means that you're not going to see, you know, pure tank armies yeah. or pure flying armies, or you know. Oh, for sure. Um, but uh, you could still run very tank-centric armies because, you know, like 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 Armin pointed out, dedicated transports don't count. So you know, you could run, you know, five tanks and have five rhinos with five tactical or with tactical marines and, and it still be a legal army. Yeah. Back with us, Armin? Yeah, yeah. Something happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's all good. It's all good. You you, you storm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I was just gonna make a comment of the warp as well. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So that was like their basic army Rules. Yeah, that's the, that's their their Legion Astartes rules. Overall, you know, I think again, uh, if you take the negatives and the pluses, I still think they they weigh fairly heavily on the pluses, um, especially because you know if you're going to be playing Blood Angels, you're probably going to be pay, playing a little bit more assault centric. So mm -hmm. the limitations aren't going to hurt you as much, and the the buff is really going to buff you. So um, it definitely gets a thumbs up from me. As far as the Legion of Starte's rules go, nice. Yeah, no, I think I think they kind of fit, right? Yeah, too. Like I like that they're encouraging you to do close combat because, as they should. And I feel like not many people out there would go in and build a list of Blood Angels that isn't heavy close combat. Yeah. But it, it's kind of nice to see it reflected in the rules as well. So well, and even you know, and and we'll get into it as we go into the units even like there are some very viable and very strong blood angel shooting lists that that don't involve a lot of close combat 
um, but they're really helped by their rights of war and stuff. So it's not, you know, they're they're still very competitive and very, um, you know, between their rights of war and their war gear, um, which they've got access to some pretty good stuff. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I'd say it's, it's uh, you know, it's really good. And you got to give Forge World credit, right? Because being one of the later legions, you know, how do you, how do you make... 18 legions have 18 unique sets of rules when some of the legion specialities overlap, right? Like we talked about world eaters. There are space wolves. Um, even dark angels are somewhat, you know, with their swords, a combat centric army, night lords, sons of Horus. Um, you know, how do you make them unique still without all combat armies having hatred or all combat armies having rage? And I think this was a really good, unique way to do it for blood angels. Agreed. Yep, for sure. So yeah, so moving on to, they got some specific war gear. Yeah, the fires of heaven. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I uh, basically, um, any model that has access to a Volkite Serpenta, um, can instead take a hand flamer for fifteen points. Um, any model that has access to a plasma pistol as part of their war gear option may take an inferno pistol um and we'll we'll kind of cover on what some of the, the benefits of that is but the final item is any praetor centurion or consul um can take instead of a power fist a blade of perdition for 20 points um so blades of perdition are again one of those kind of really synergizes well with the legion uh rule because their strength user ap2 mastercrafted uh two-handed and have a rule called death fire which is any six any model successfully wounded by it uh suffers two wounds for each hit instead of one um now the wounds they they change the wording in the current black book so the wounds cannot spill over um but still you know you're fighting a monster, a demon, another character, and you're doubling up the wounds that you do, and they have to roll twice as many save rolls. Um, and what's more is it's striking at initiative, which we all know is huge, especially, you know, that, that golden number is AP2 strikes at initiative. Um, mastercrafted because, as well. Yeah, and, and it's mastercrafted, and again, right with the Blood Angel right, you know, you're going up against another, you know, say Space Marine character uh, with a power fist or a power axe or anything, and you're, you know, you're you're wounding him on threes because you're one better to wound, and you're doing double wounds to him. So it's a it's very, I'd say, anti-monster, anti-character, um, anti-elite unit, right? Like there are guys, these guys can mow through custodes. Um, you know, probably more efficiently than any other space marine, because unlike a power fist, a power fist, if you get a wound uh, and the custodes are, you know, don't fail their saves, it doesn't instant death them. Whereas this, each wound has a chance to potentially kill the custodes if they fail their invuln saves. Yeah, well, that, that is true. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, hand flamers, uh, you know, they're they're not the greatest. Uh, you know, strength three template. Uh, they're they're great, you know, for fighting horde armies. 
um, and just you know throwing fistfuls of dice. Uh, I don't know if I'd pay 15 points for one, um, but yeah, you know I think they're it's good a little at... overpriced. Yeah, I, I think right? so too. I think, I think they're they're a little overpriced. I mean, they are pistols, right? Yeah. So they do give you the extra attack in combat, which is nice. Yeah, and um, you can have I two think... of them. Like you, you're able to arm two of them. So if yeah. if you've got two pistols, almost a counter charge weapon though. In a sense, yep. too, right? Yep. Like... They're they're yeah, they're very good at at the you know the wall of flames. So you you know if if you if you're dual wielding them, you've got two d three. So that's yeah, it's, it's good. But I think Armin hit the nail on the head where I would I pay five. I, I I don't I want to interrupt. I don't know if you can dual wield them in uh, while overwatching. That's something that I've never seen, and I don't know what it says. It might just say one weapon. Oh yeah, so yeah maybe. Yeah, track. maybe you're right. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter, right? I, I I think overall, I think just the price point's a little high. Too much. I'd yep. love to see them a little bit deeper. But I think we kind of talked about that last time too about pistols being too high. Period. Right. Lots of them, like pause and pistols, uh, and I agree. Pistols and being a little, yeah, a little bigger than they should be, right? The the unique, so the the really good one, and and you know I think one that stands out to a lot of people is the Inferno pistol, right? Um, especially for an army that deep strikes, gets up close. Um, Inferno pistols are pretty good, um, but what makes it very unique is I'm, I'm trying to think. I think Salamanders are the only other legion that have access to the Inferno pistol, right? Um, legions, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but unlike salamanders who cannot take more attacks, uh, blood angels can take more attacks. Yeah. So you can have a dual wielding melting pistol, uh, more attack, which you know can do some crazy work, especially when you're, you know, um, ballistic skill five, um, and uh, yeah, you can you can get a lot of hits, and uh, you know I I definitely have popped warhound titans with a uh dual wielding fusion uh or sorry inferno pistol more attacks so <laughs> really cool really good combo um yeah i mean are uh, you not realistic to pop one of those with a fusion pistols but that's that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i i don't know i think i think again right theme of blood angels Heaven, Wrath, Fire, so it makes sense that they have the Hand Flamers and Inferno Pistols. And again, right, you know, um, I wouldn't, I, I probably wouldn't take a Plasma Pistol ever on a character, um, but I might take an Inferno Pistol, especially if they're a deep striking um, unit um, that, you know, if you're with Sanguinius, you're not scattering, so you can guarantee to get in that, you know, that inch and a half away from the enemy vehicle and, and get the, the 2d6 armor pen. So definitely synergizes well with the army. Nice. Um, and then of course the, uh, like the Imperial fists, they get the illustrious elastic, correct my pronunciation. If it's wrong, uh, assault cannon. So, you know, for those of you that play 40 K, you're very familiar with the assault cannon. Um, you know, in 30k, it's 24-inch range, strength 6, AP 4, um, heavy 4 rending, and it does have malfunction in 30k because they were basically beta testing the weapon, which is, um, you know, when you're rolling to hit, if you roll three ones, 
then the assault cannon malfunctions it may not be used again in this game so um blood angels have the ability that any model with a heavy flamer um may exchange it um for a um assault cannon for five points and and that's for infantry and then any vehicle um may do it for 15 points um and yeah it's uh, uh the predators too have a special option where they can exchange their main turret um for uh, a twin linked one so you're able to make the you know ubiquitous ball variant predator um so again you know it's uh assault cannons are a very versatile weapon um and this one i actually think is pointed appropriately um you know exchanging a heavy flamer uh for an assault cannon for five points definitely i th i think is a good deal yeah so yeah five points for an infantry model yeah and then 15 points for vehicle model so that's that's also interesting because i mean you don't really usually don't see assault cannons on infantry though Right. Yeah, so it, it, it is, and you know, we'll talk about it when we get to the other units, but you know, just today I was <laughs> building uh, you know, a Angel's Tear Squash with ten assault cannons. And I think that's kind of one of the, you know, go to units for the Blood Angels. Uh and one of the ones that I was referring to when I said you could build a very um shooting centric list with them. Um, you know, because again, deep striking ten assault cannons behind an enemy tank is pretty scary. Um, mm -hmm. Especially with the rending. Yep. <laughs> A very favorite weapon, I should say. The assault cannon. Yeah, and, so. <laughs> and yeah, and again, I think it's, it's what makes it a little bit more impactful in the 30k world is that only Imperial Fists uh, and Blood Angels have access to it, right? So, yep. right off the bat, Blood Angels have access um you know to two weapon types essentially in furnace pistols and assault cannons that previously were only available um to one legion uh, and they get both so um options of course is uh variety is the spice of life yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it <laughs> nice. and it kind of makes sense too because it's kind of by fluff right they've always you know had those two weapons so it's kind of nice to see that they were included yeah right again one of the benefits of the blood angels is they were you know um i think as the heresies kind of went on um and more information has been released about you know kind of the non-space marine perspective uh you learn a lot more about the politics right and how certain legions um were perceived better by the populace and you know were diplomatic and i think blood angels um were definitely one of those loved legions, so uh, they had access to the you know top of the line um, war gear uh, and experimental war gear, and of course you know when they were defending at the end on Terra, uh, you know it makes sense that you know how how could you not have an experiment how could you have an experimental weapon like a assault cannon and not have it stockpiled on the home world for the final battle? Uh, so yeah, it makes sense. Definitely does, definitely does.
So yeah, so that's the gear, and now the rights of right war. Right of war time. Yeah. Ooh, okay, um, well, you guys will forgive me for jumping in and, and taking no, covering you the first go one. Go right ahead, man. This is all <laughs> yours. What do you, you guys can fight over the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is you know the right of war that uh, I I am quite a big fan of, um, with the awesome names. So uh, the right of war is the day of revelations. Um, and you know, even the name, it invokes revelations, right? Like angels coming down from the sky. I'm, I'm so hearing a booming voice when you say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like just epic. Um, so cometh the host. So jump infantry squads, which are part of this detachment must arrive via deep strike on the first turn of the game and do not need to roll for reserves. That rule, in my opinion, uh, can make this army incredibly overwhelming to deal with. Um, the the downside, of course, is you know I, I like having options, and anything that takes away your options, especially in a competitive game, um, you know hurts you. Um, so not being able to hold units in reserves. Um, you know, it can hurt you. It can suck, especially if you're going up against, you know, a, a, um, knights or, you know, thanatars um, or depending on the scenario. Um, but, you know, <laughs> when you're talking about every single unit um, that has jump infantry, that could be an entire army. You could have 2,500 points of blood angels um, in your face right. turn one. Oof. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think, um, the second rule, um, with fire and thunder, um, really helps. So all deep striking units in this detachment gain a five up cover save on the game turn in which they arrive in play. Now, um, you know, what's really unique about this is um you know obviously an entire army um getting it is is pretty good so units that might not always have an invulnerable save um you know it just it adds to the durability um now one thing that kind of sucks about it is it does specify the game turn and not subsequent turn. So, you know, I know like a lot of people like my, you know, myself, I often, especially if I have an all deep striking army, I would want to give my opponent the first turn um, so that they essentially waste a turn of shooting. Then I come down, um, you know, this, you only benefit from this essentially if you're coming down first um, because it doesn't, it doesn't go to the next turn. So, a little bit of a drawback, but hey, you know, you can't have everything. Do you um, think that's an error? Sorry, do I think what? Do you think that's an error? No, I think I think it was I think it was on purpose. To be honest, I I think um, it it forces you to make a decision, right? Um, and I think it more importantly, if your enemy say wins the roll off and they know you're all coming down, um they're going to probably give you first turn, right? Because they're going to want to shoot. They're going to want every turn they can to shoot at you. Um, so I think this softens the blow in those situations. I think it would be too good if you could give your enemy 
first turn, waste their entire turn of shooting, and then get a five-up cover save on their subsequent turn of shooting. I think that would be a little bit too good. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, the the third rule, opening the seal. All ranged weapons carried by infantry and jump infantry, um, which are part of this detachment, gain pinning um, in any turn they deep strike. So, you know, again, it's uh, it can be a quite a, a quite a good rule, um, especially if you're fighting armies that you know aren't immune to pinning or might have low leadership, um, you know, or or again, just forcing your enemy. If you force your enemy to make enough dice rolls they're gonna they're gonna have some bad rolls so if you're shooting at a bunch of units you know odds are one of the units will fail their will fail their check so um you know it's 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 good i wouldn't say it's game changing um but uh the fourth rule and this one's a, this one is a game changer this one is huge um all units which are part of this detachment and have the legion astartes uh blood angels rule gain plus one initiative on the turn they charge into assault so this rule i cannot you know overstate how significant it is for a for a combat army um you know at the end of the day being able to strike before your opponents, especially when the vast majority of the of the game is made up of Marines, being able to hit your opponent before they can hit you is is golden because you know it means that they're not swinging back. And the less attacks they have swinging back, the more guys you're gonna have alive, and you know on and on it goes. It also makes characters, um, you know, a lot better in duels, a lot better at at fighting other characters, especially when you've got things like, you know, the Blade of Perdition, where not only are you striking before, you know, power fists and chain fists, but now you're also striking before, um, you know, uh, regular Marines. And in a post-Custodes world, being able to strike simultaneously with them is quite significant because you know their stupid spears will reap a huge tally on your on your units and having that opportunity to strike simultaneously with them is really going to help your your damage output because um, you know half your unit could evaporate and they wouldn't even have an opportunity to strike normally so that's a big one um uh Armin, Andy, any any uh, thoughts or stipulations on the initiative piece? <laughs> no, it's it's, um, it's unreal, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very good. Um, and then the final one makes, is oh, again, it makes sense with the army. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah, blood angels. Uh, that's what they do. They kill and, stuff in close combat. Yeah, and I think you know when you look at initiative. Um, the only other Space Marine army that really plays with initiative in that way, um, or has war gear that allows them to, you know, is the Emperor's Children um, mm -hmm. with uh, with some of their initiative things, like the I think it's the Phoenix Power Spears, um, or is it their Terminators? That I can't remember if it's the Terminator or the Spear or both. I think it, I think, I think it's, it's the, I, I think, think it's the, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know. Um, it's nice. It's just it's a it's a good it's a good ability. It just shows that uh, you, even with like the Blood Angels and 
emperor's children of their their uh, prowess in their speed, right? Like totally the initiative. Like you, when I think of initiative, I'm thinking of the martial skill and the speed of of the the characters and the units and whatnot. So this to me, this makes complete like total fluffy sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Where where the world eaters dominate combat through just Brute you know force. fury of attacks yeah. and strength. Blood angels do it with speed and skill and precision, right? You know, even like we we're talking about their 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 plus one to wound. I don't visualize that rule as just you know raw strength. I visualize it as they're going for the weak spot. They're going yeah. for the you know the coup de gras. Um, so yeah, I think very, you know, the, very fitting. The calculation in their head of of the the you know like you're saying the weak spot in in the opponent, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know by honor bound, characters with the uh, Blood Angels rule must always accept a challenge if one is offered in the combat. If multiple eligible characters are present in the combat, the controlling player may choose which one answers the challenge as per normal. So again. Um, Anything that takes away your ability to choose, I consider a drawback. This one, you know, they're a combat army, so more often than not, you'd, you'd probably want to be challenging. But definitely, but just you know... accept challenges, right? Like, you exactly. don't have to issue them, right? Sorry, yeah. what? You don't have to issue the challenge, you just have exactly. to Exactly, you have to accept it, right? Um, yeah. But uh, so you know it, it it's better in, in in that way. But let's be honest: if you're in a situation where you want to issue a challenge, you're going to issue a challenge. If you don't want to issue a challenge, your enemy probably wants to issue a challenge, <laughs> um, right? And uh, you know, it's a it's a good way to get your characters slaughtered by Angron or your apothecaries slaughtered by Angron. This rule, <laughs> no, no denying the challenge and hiding in the back. <laughs> But that's um, blood angels, though. So yeah, exactly. It, it, it kind of makes sense, right? Well, yeah, they're they're the paragons of the you know Imperium. For all their flaws and their curse, they're still the most beautiful space marines, right? They talk about that you know time and time in the fluff, where you know most space marines are kind of disproportionate and cause transhuman uh, dread. Blood angels are actually beautiful, majestic. Right? Like yeah, right. You know, like yeah, the ultramarines. You know, they they look they look like Greek statues. But I I don't know if anyone would be like, oh, hot damn. You know, <laughs> that guy's uh that guy's a catch. Whereas the blood angels with their you know flowing Fabio hair, uh, the ladies uh, might swoon over. <laughs> Fabio hair. Yeah. Fair enough. Right? Though he is true. If you look at the pictures in the black book, it definitely <laughs> shows totally. the, the flowing hair. Yeah. Um, so the limitations of this right of war, um, you know, compulsory HQ and troop choices must take jump packs. Not really surprising, given if you're taking this right of war, you're going to be wanting to take them like that. Um, the right of war must take a compulsory fast attack choice as part of their force, which must also either have flyer or deep strike special rule. Um, so again, you know... It's it's not particularly what I would view as a limitation, whether you want to take a javelin or a lightning or a xiphon or you know there there's lots of there's lots of options and there's lots of cheap options that 
allow you to get around this without really affecting your army if you if you aren't keen on it right like how many points is a bare bones land speeder like 30 um so you know ooh no a 30 a 30 point tax worst case scenario um and then uh of course the primary detachment may not take fortification subterranean assault units or immobile um and they may not take uh lords of war other than flyers or the primarch sanguinius um so again if you're playing this style of list i i can't really think of you know a lord of war that you would take other than sanguinius or you know one of the flying lords of war this isn't exactly a list that screams super good synergy with a glaive tank for example that's right but yeah i'll uh i'll pass it off to you guys to talk about the uh the day of sorrows which i happen to think is a very sorrowful rite of war i can i can talk about it a little bit um <laughs> uh, we've got the resolute defense right so in a unit with blood angel special rule part of the detachment cannot be pinned and is fearless within three inches of an objective or in their own deployment zone Right, or of wrath, so any unit which suffers a morale check as a result of losing assault, which the majority of the enemy models have the Blood Angel special rule, uh, takes an additional negative one leadership test. Um, of course, if you're immune to fear, you don't, you know, you're immune to this ability. And then by Blood Sworn, when any unit uh, with the Legion of Sight special rule or Blood Angel special rule is part of a detachment. Is reduced to 50% or less of its starting models. The remaining models gain female pain five plus from the beginning of their next turn and the last for the remainder of the game. So just to kind of say, like, I don't know, I didn't read the fluff on this, but this sounds literally like you they're defending. This is um, this is Cygnus Prime. This, this and, is the last stand. Of, yeah. Like this yeah, that's yeah. that I I was just actually reading a little bit of the fluff on the top there. And this is literally like you know the the last stand siege of terror cygnus prime yeah, yeah. this is yeah, yeah a very so, defensive so war. yeah so if you're playing like a you know a campaign style game and you're playing one where um you're on the walls of terra you know this spread of war actually makes sense yeah. right according to the fluff mm -hmm. right i mean don't get me wrong if we talk about the rules like yeah the feel no pain if you're 50 percent less is really good if you damage the enemy unit in combat and they suffer minus one, it's good. Being fearless within three inches of objective or deployment zone is amazing, right? So they, it gives you those things where you can actually stand in your yeah. deployment zone and defend. Um, negatives though, uh, characters must issue and accept challenges. So again, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the previous one. Um, and then to the bitter dregs. Yeah. So any one of the units, again, Blood Angels that are reduced to 50% or less, um, number of models count as being destroyed at the end of the game. And yeah. are no longer scoring, right? So I guess depending That's... on the objective game, right? But if you're playing a fluff game where you're stand, standing back and just like uh, defending, yeah. Um, yes, it's kind of a big one, but... Um, that makes sense. This, yeah, this, no, well, this, this is, you know, everything else aside, this, this rule, for me, is is crippling, yes. right? You know, so losing the ability to score, huge. 
Um, huge, huge, huge. There's no way to, to slice it um, because now suddenly, instead of needing to kill my enemy units, all I need to do is get them down to half health and they can't get objectives. Um, what's, you know, I think what's salt in the wound is if you get them down to half health, not only can they not score, but they also give you, a, they also give up victory points. Count as destroyed, um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, that rule could be put on any right of war in existence from a from a gaming perspective, and I probably would have to give the thumbs down to that right of war. Like you could you could put this this rule on Guard of the Crimson King, and suddenly I don't know if I'd want to take Guard of the Crimson King. It's it's that impactful um, from a gameplay perspective. Well, it's a double whammy, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah. Crazy. Very I mean, true. This is this... true. That that said, though, I think this one is intended to be used as a um, campaign. Yeah, campaign for sure. In fluff, um, right of war. And that's what right. yeah. I, I was just going to say. This kind of just going through this and reading a little bit of the fluff on the top there of the black book. This completely reminds me of the movie Three Hundred. Yes. Right, Leonidas and his Spartans. Yeah. And they're yeah. there to the to the man, and that's it. It's just yeah, you know. And and I think I think we see that in a lot of rights of war, um, where you know there's kind of a an optimal one, and then there's a you know a, a I'd say a suboptimal one or a more fluffy one. Um, I I think this one just disappoints me because I think you could have the. The perks, yeah, those are fine. Those are those the the three effects are I'm totally fine with. The limitations, yeah, the bloody handed challenge thing, sure, put that in. To the butcher dregs, I wish it would have been, you know, I think one or the other would have been a significant drawback. Um, I just think that taking two is it's just rough, right? Like, you know, um, it's it's definitely an uphill fight, and I get that that's what they're trying to portray. I just I don't know. I I just wish it was you know one or the other. I guess if I had if I could you know write the rule. Definitely. So... Or at least give them hatred demons too. <laughs> Something. I <laughs> could have yeah I could have done it. Or, or, or traitors. Right? Yeah, like hatred any... traitors. Yeah. <laughs> well. I mean, ultimately, I think that's exactly what this rule is, right? Like, this rule is to, um, or, or, or this right of war is when you're playing those games and we're like, okay, James, you're, you know, on Walls of Terra. You literally are using the beautiful terrain that you've built because I know you have it, you know, and you're sitting there and you're defending against, you know, yeah. whatever army I throw at you with the traitor and army, right? And, and then you pick this one and we go at it and you know uh, I don't know what the what the mission would be right like I have to you know you have to hold the walls or, or, or whatever you want to call the mission right yeah but maybe this right of war doesn't actually that negative doesn't impact you as much because yeah. of the style that we're playing right and and that is fair and and you know one thing I, I know we we haven't really talked about because um, it's not really in the format but in the black in the in the blood angels black book there is the whole cygnus kind of campaign and you know those missions are you know they're they're theatrical and they are suited more 
to this, right? Like it, it's by no means supposed to be, you know, the, the whole, the whole, if you look at the fluff, the whole concept of Cygnus wasn't supposed to be a fair fight. It was supposed to be an ambush of this legion to, to utterly destroy them. The fact that the blood angels survived is a testament to their badassery, right? So yeah, I, uh, I agree with everything you guys said on that. <laughs> nice. Okay, rights of wars are done. <laughs> now to the units. Ooh, yeah. I think uh, James so, itching on this first one. Yeah, Dawnbreakers. <laughs> so you know, um, two hundred and ten points for the base five, um, and twenty-five points a piece for an additional five. Now, this is really kind of um, you know important because once we go through the rules and stuff the points economy that you get out of this unit compared to other units like if you were to take the emperor's children um you know palatine blades and gear them up mm -hmm. equivalently you're looking at like significantly more point cost so um they're a pretty good bang for your buck so we'll go through the stats quickly um they're base marines um, with the exception of having two attacks and a weapon skill five. Um, and the champion actually has three attacks and a leadership nine. So, um, and know, two plus saves. Yeah, they've all got artificer armor, right? So that's nothing to, to laugh at, um, especially when you're looking at, you know, 25 points a model Um to add on, like normally artificer armor is 10 or five to 10 points alone. So you're getting a pretty good deal for two attacks up in skill five, but let's go into the rest of their war gear because this is where I think um, there's some, you know, really positive things. So they have the option um, of being equipped with, they, well, they come stock with a falling pattern, a falling star pattern power spear. So this is very much um, a assault, you know, charge weapon. So when you are in combat normally, it's two-handed, AP3, and strength user. But when you charge, it's plus one strength and AP2. So very, you know, um, you know, very, very good, I'd say. Um, when you look at the Legion perks, it's very similar to, you know, the, the Phoenix Power Spear or the Custodes, um, you know, uh, uh, weapon minus the bolt gun on it. Yeah. So pretty good for an assault unit. Um, they do have the option to exchange it for the Equinox Power Blade case for five points. Um, which lets you use one of two weapons. You get to choose before make many, making any attacks. So you can either use the Sunrise Blade, which is Strength User AP3, Shred, and Keen. Um, keen is plus one initiative value, basically. Um, and then there's the Sunset Blade, which is AP3, Rending, and Thunder. Now, in terms of you know, aesthetic. I definitely think the dual dual wielding specialty blades is really cool. Um, but overall, I think you're you're way better off with the power spear. Um, you know, I 
I think the plus one strength and the AP two on the charge really are significant, um, significant enough to take them pretty much a stock. And especially because they're cheaper. Uh, I was kind of befuddled, honestly, to see that, you know, you're paying points for the blade case. Um, do you guys have any, uh, you know, kind of thoughts? Agree, disagree? Well, well, I mean, I think the spear is unreal because yeah. when you charge, you're, you're hitting it most likely, I, I guess it depends what right of war you're talking about, right? But if you're hitting yeah. at a higher initiative, right? And then you're wounding on twos? Yeah, right? wounding on twos. Right war, right? Like most yeah. things you're wounding on twos. And if they pee two, like that's yeah. unreal. You're going to rip apart. Terminators, you're going to rip apart. Majority squads, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, yeah. I mean, again, they, they suffer from that, you know, be charged. Um, if they're charged with anything that has two plus armor, they kind of will suffer for it. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, really being blood angels, you're not really going to be charged tons. I mean, you yeah. have the range usually, right? And so, um, yeah, it makes them, makes them really, really good. And, uh, again, the, um, well, you compare them to, uh, to, to the Emperor's children, which are very similar to these guys, I mean, point for point, like these guys just are so, so, so much better. Yeah. Um, literally, what like the Emperor's children unit, um, whatever they're called. I don't. The know. Palatine blades. Palatine blades, like it's what they should have been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To make to make a Palatine blade, so to make a Palatine blade armed with a Phoenix power spear and artificer armor, um, even with their point reductions. And jetpacks, you're looking at over 40 points a model. I think it's like 45 points a model or something um, to add a to add a model onto the unit versus the 25 here. And we're not even done going through these guys. So you know, um, <laughs> you know, one one thing to note, like you said, if they get charged, you know, the the Equinox blade case, it, it it's good for I guess you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just not as I think impactful. Um, as the spears, you get um, more attacks with it, though, right? So um, basically, yeah, you get you get one attack because it counts as two combat weapons. And you know, say you get charged, um, you do have a rending one. So so there's the option, um, which is nothing to nothing to laugh at, right? And nope, and if you nope. charge two, right, like four four rending attacks isn't bad um four attacks with sunder isn't bad against weak vehicles um and even again depending on what you're fighting striking at plus one initiative and re-rolling wounds isn't bad either especially with their legion traits so don't mistake my my love of the spear for dislike of the sword i think the sword should probably be the same points as the spear um and then it might be a little bit more of a contest but um when we go to their oh here here's one of my favorite uh, favorite omissions from this so they've got the grenade discharger now it's worth noting to those with keen eyes under their war gear that dawn breakers do not they're not armed with frag grenades um or crack grenades now one would think hey they've got a grenade discharger um so you know they have a frag and crack variant it still rules as written they they in theory if you're charging through terrain would not have the benefit of frag grenades now 
quick way to get around it. Obviously, if you're playing a friendly game, just talk to your opponent, because I, I can't imagine why they'd be the only Marines in the entire game to not have grenades. Um, and if you're playing in a tournament, just make sure that you've got a character with them that has grenades. Yeah. But it's worth noting. <laughs> um, I would be very careful with that, because I think... I think the grenade rule is by model, not by. Oh, is it? I, I yeah, think maybe so. I you're right. Double, while you talk about it, I'm going to look at it right now. Double check. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so the grenade chargers, they're little wrist mounted weapons. Um, the frag grenade, 12 inch range, strength three, AP six, assault one, three inch blast. So, again, you know, if you're going against hordes of, you know, uh, you know you're going against a cultist heavy list um you know uh what are they called solar ox any of any of the cult militia or even demons late game um when they're weaker toughness you can put on some hurt with you know blast and then uh strength six ap4 assault one 12 inch range for the crack so you know still a still a good weapon um one thing that we didn't cover yet. So on top of their war gear, let me let me interrupt. Oh yeah. So I have some uh, I have some assault grenades here, basically. Yeah. So it says uh, note that in all cases, models equipped with frag grenades are considered to have frag grenades. So in assault, it says models equipped with assault grenades don't suffer the penalty for initiative when charging through. So yeah, so don't charge them through cover. Through. It's it's a really weird rule. You're right. Because yeah, it really doesn't make sense. It, like, I think it's a, mis a definitely a mistake, right? I think it's a mistake. Well, yeah. Irrelevant if you argue like that they're overpriced or underpriced or whatever. Like it just does not make sense that like no other marine like no yeah. none does yeah. not have frag grenades. Like yeah. bikes have frag grenades. Like it just yeah. it just does not make sense except terminators, I guess. Right. Yeah, but even them, at least their dischargers let them count as it, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah, yes. so it's like, what the heck? So, um, one other thing to note, they do have a special rule called Set the Sky Aflame. Um, when they deep strike, all enemy units within six inches immediately suffer D6 strength for AP dash hits. Um, so, you know, again, nothing game changing, but you're throwing out extra strength for hits. It's never a bad thing. Um, the entire squad can take melta bombs for 25 points um mm -hmm. this is very good bang for your buck especially if you're running a 10-man squad where you're essentially only paying 2.5 points per melta bomb um so you know by giving them melta bombs you really are making them a super versatile unit because suddenly now they can charge knights and stuff and tanks and all that stuff and and, and do a significant amount of damage um, and then uh, the final war gear option is their champion can swap out his spear for a blade of perdition for 20 points. Now, I probably wouldn't, um, you know, again, depends, depends what I'm playing against. You know, you think about it, a champion with four attacks with a blade of perdition, that's potentially, you know, eight wounds. So you could kill four Custodes, four Elite Terminators. You could kill any of the big demon monsters. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it's a lot uh, of points. 20 points is a lot of points. Yeah, 20 points. And, champion. again, the, the, the blade... I, 
I guess it's good for those situations, like Armin said, where if they get charged, at least then you've got a guy that can still cleave through Terminators. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm kind of neutral on it. I, I, depending on how many points, if I had 20 points to spare, I would definitely give it to this well, guy. But in a, in a challenge, because he'll have to accept it, right? Yeah, yeah. That could, be, that could be a, a good option. Yeah, so overall, I, I definitely think it's, you know, it's pretty standard, right? A lot of units, champions have the ac access to take a power fist for, yep. you know, between 10 and 20 points, depending on what it is. So Blade of Perdition, yeah, it's a, it's a good weapon. So, yeah, very very good unit overall, that's for sure. Yeah, so. overall, and, and you know, um, we'll talk about it when we get to them, but uh, there is something that allows you to unlock these guys as a troop choice, um, <laughs> which is very cool. So I, I love these guys. I'm doing up a unit of 10 of them. It's a very expensive unit. But again, uh, especially where these guys are so cheap to add on, because, um, you know, anyone who plays 30K knows about the the point tax for MSU, right? 30K really rewards you for running max size units. You know, because you're looking, you're paying, you're paying 210 points for the first five of these guys. So, you know, basically 40 points a model, whereas to add on to them, you're only paying 25 points. So I definitely, definitely run these guys in units of 10 if I'm going to run them. Um, units of five just aren't necessarily worth the points economy. But they're still really good. Oh, yeah, they're still good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I'm... I would still take them, you know, in a smaller game. Uh, I, I mean, if I had the option, I wouldn't take two units of five. I'd take a single unit of ten. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yep. Um. So next up. So yeah, thumbs up for them. Yeah, Crimson Paladins. Do you guys want to cover that one, and then I'll I'll throw in sure. my shade at them. So yeah, Crimson Paladins, 160 points for three of them. Yeah. So that's Which interesting. That's pricey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, especially when yeah, yeah, they're pricey. So they're they're one wound terminators stats with uh their exemplar, which is I guess the sergeant, um, has an uh one extra wound. Um leadership ten, which is different. On the whole squad, too, yes. not just the exemplar. So that 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 is a is a it's a buff. Um, and the exemplar also gets an extra attack, which is not normal for Terminator champions. Yeah, there's a few out so, there. But yeah. So they're they're um, so they can their transport option is they can uh, numbering five or less they can take a Phobos as a dedicated. Um, so yeah. wherever that's applicable, you know, however you're building your army. Uh, but they're in cataphractic Terminator armor. They have a power weapon. And they have the Coriolis Pattern Power Shields. So I'll uh, just explain that one there. The Coriolis Pattern Power Shields reduce the strength of all melee attacks targeting a model with the Power Shield by minus one. So, so this is interesting because, like we talked about their special rule, right? It was plus one to wound. Yeah. Where this is the strength. Yeah. Right. So. It's not as effective against things that are really strong, um, but it's effective uh, against things that are close-ish to your range. Yeah, right? and 
you know, I think another thing to note too is it's only melee attacks, right? Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people were super excited when the models were leaked because everyone assumed they'd have storm shields, um, which is, you know, <laughs> awesome because who doesn't want to three up invuln? I think these are underwhelming uh, because, like you said, the strength factor, if it, if it reduced the wound roll by one, I think that would be more significant. Or if it reduced the strength of all attacks as opposed to just melee. Um, but especially when you're looking at the model and it's like this gargantuan, elaborate, ornate shield that, you know, looks like better, <laughs> it was better crafted than half the Primarch's armor. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're minus one to strength in close combat. Woo! Right? Like, yeah. I, I definitely think it's a little bit underwhelming. So, um, so that's what they start off with for for gear. Um, so there's you can get two additional crimson paladins in the unit for forty points each. Um, also, any of the models in the squad can exchange this power weapon for a sunset blade, which we talked about earlier there. Uh, yeah, and for so, free. So that's that's the rending thunder one. So. Yeah, so it's kind of. I, I, it's kind of it's, an, it's auto. an auto. Yeah, yeah you would. Yeah, it, like Why you're literally you? <laughs> for free. For free, you're gaining rending and thunder. So like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense why you wouldn't take it. And then they have the option. Uh, so a single crimson paladin in the squad may exchange their Coriolis power shield for one of the following weapons: the uh, Elistus pattern assault cannon for ten points, a heavy flamer for five points. Uh, or a plasma blaster for fifteen points. Um, yeah, I don't know. They don't really have any shooting other than that, do they? Yeah, and like again, this is one is of those things it? where I, I probably would upgrade one of them because as long as the majority of you know, like you, you just put him in the back, right? Mm -hmm. And the enemies that are targeting the unit are still at the minus one strength in, in melee. Um, I, I think it's somewhat lackluster, but, you know, maybe, maybe a heavy flamer, uh, cause they're again, a, an assault oriented unit. So, um, I could see taking a, a heavy flamer on the squad. Um, but yeah, there, eh, I don't know. I, I so, kind of, is there, is there a weapon, uh, like it says power weapon or power sword? Uh, power it's weapon. It's a power weapon. weapon. E yeah, sorry, it's a power weapon. So I guess, yeah. Uh, so you could take... Yeah, sorry. That, that is a good distinct note of distinction. Um, so the models are, are equipped with power swords, like the actual physical models. But yes, you totally could convert them and do power axes. And that actually, you know, thinking about it, probably is your is your better bet in terms of if you want them to be you know uh, effective against other elite units well but the sunset blades also have rending too right yeah but again right the plus one strength um of the axe uh combined with the blood angel rule it's pretty good because most it, then then at least you're wounding like a power fist from you know against most marines uh you're not instant deathing them obviously but uh yeah and uh, speaking of power fists, um, so yeah, so like done the next option here, 
So two of your Crimson Paladins can exchange their power weapon for a power fist at 20 points per model. Yes, yeah, so I take a lot of issue with this. So not only is this the most expensive power fist in the game, um, you know, every other unit that can take power fists, it's like either 10 or 15 points. I think some Terminators, I think Sekhmet can upgrade for five points, can't they? I think so. so uh, isn't like isn't that, a lot of Terminators just five points for a power fist? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, so not not only is it weird because only two of them can do it, and it's like, why two? Like, two just is a random number. Um, but 20 points, like, you're already paying a premium for these guys. Like, think about it. You're taking a five-man squad of them, and they're essentially 250 points. So these are 50-point Terminators. Um, so on 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 par with cost... You know, with the Siege Tyrants, the Red Butchers, you know, um, you know, six, six significantly more expensive than Sekhmet. Um, yeah, like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. And then you, you add, you know, you add those another 40 points of Power Fists, and you're looking at, like, a 300-point unit. So they're 60 points a model on average. Like, it's, it's bananas. So... Is it me, or is it like the Loyalist Terminators, uh, uh, Legion-specific Terminators, are just kind of mediocre? <laughs> like, yeah, I think... It's what it um, seems, like the, the, the Loyalist ones seem that way to me. Lackluster? Yeah, I yeah. think... When, when I look at... When I think of, like, really good ones, uh, I think the closest thing would be the uh, Fire Drakes. Um, yeah. You know, fire drakes are the the two wound storm shield. Um, you know, so that those are good. Those are good terminators. Um, you know, for the longest time, uh, Vulcan and fire drakes were the Death Star. Yeah, um, that's true for for early for early heresy, right? Like, I, I'm sure we all remember. You know, in the first few years, salamanders were were like tough. They were they were scary. Yeah. You, you see a salamander, they were on know, fire. Um, yeah, you'd 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 see you'd see Vulcan roll up in a you know in a, in his Spartan with his fire drakes, and you're like you're in trouble, uh, especially because this was before Mechanicum had haywire and stuff. So like, it uh, I, I'd say they're pretty strong. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Imperial Fist ones, although they're not special, the ability to take storm shields is I think makes them you know pretty good. Um, Varagar for the Space Wolves, eh, they they suffer from these guys, which is one wound Terminator syndrome, right? For elite mm. Terminators, one wound is just it's underwhelming. And and uh, I'm trying to think what other what other loyalist Terminators. I guess there's the Ultramarine ones that don't have models, but again, at least you're getting a Cyclone missile launcher on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I agree in terms of. And yeah, the Eben Keshig. Now that I think about it, too, those guys. <laughs> you know, again, they're you know they're they're not they're not they're not trash, but they're they're by no means you know Sekhmet or you know even even Grave Wardens and and again Iron Tyrants. There's just so many good traitor Terminators. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I mean, we can't really compare it to Sekhmet, right? Like, let's. Okay. Well, even even just Aaron. Right, even Justarin, even um, I guess the only the only ones that are really bad on the traders, I'd say, are the Phoenix Terminators 
for the Emperor's children just because they're overpriced. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, yeah. and, they're, and they're not <laughs> bad. You, you like, match them up against what is it, the Gorgon Terminators? And uh, oh yeah, I forgot about them. And they're you know they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and at least they have the AP two on the chart. So you know, I, I, you guys know, I like to harp on Emperor's children and Raven Guard a lot. Um, you know, and and there are there there are there are redeemable factors. You know, I, I shouldn't be so harsh, but um, yeah, it's yeah, all good overall. I think you summed it up, Andy. Traders win for Terminators. Yeah. <laughs> um, so continuing on with with these paladins, um, so they're they're exemplar cans, which out for a plate of a blade of perdition for which ten is points. An auto take for ten points, I'd say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then of course they uh, can take a grenade harness as well for ten points. Yeah. Um, so they do have one of their special rules, uh, of course. Um, they have stubborn. They have deep strike, um, but they have the blood is forever. So while locked in combat with this unit that outnumbers them, a crimson paladin squad gains feel no pain five plus. If outnumbered by more than twice their number, they instead gain feel no pain four plus. Um, independent characters join a squad do not gain it. Um, and do not count for the purpose of being outnumbered. And then, of course, they count as two models for bulky rule and all that stuff for yeah. vehicles so, and stuff. I think this rule, it, it, it isn't bad, of course. You know, anything that buffs you is good. Um, I think what really sucks about it is if you take a five-man squad, um, you're really reducing the odds of you getting the four up feel no pain um because then you know suddenly uh you basically need to be fighting 10 or more space marines to get that feel no pain um i i think that you know overall i'll just say i i think they're a disappointing unit rules wise for how much you pay um I think when I saw them for the first time, I was thinking, holy man, these guys are going to be armed with Blades of Perdition and Storm Shields. <laughs> um, and, you know, and at the very least, I thought, you know, when they talked about their, you know, their war gear, I thought we'd see a weapon skill five, two wounds. Um, the fact that these guys are one wound is a point against them. The fact that these guys are weapon skill four is a point against them. Um, the fact that they don't have Blades of Perdition and, you know, they're, they're essentially modeled with Power Swords, you know, or Sunset Blades um, is a point against them. The, the fact that you basically need to only have three of them in a unit if you reliably want to get the four-up feel no pain is, again, a point against them. I think, again, you know... Um, I've seen a lot of posts where people are defending them and they're like, well, yeah, but if you use them this way and if you, you know, fighting tactical Marines, well, yeah, th then they'll win, of course. Um, well, tactical Marines. Like. <laughs> but, but honestly, like in order to, like, I, I just way rather have regular Terminators to be completely honest. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I just am really, I think in terms of, um, 
units with uh, a disparity between rule of cool and rules. These guys are probably the biggest. I think, you know, they're a 9 out of 10, a 10 out of 10 in terms of badass model. And they're a limp noodle in terms of elite Terminator rules. So Easily 10 out of 10 for the, like, model. Like, oh yeah, like, I think sure. I think they're probably one of the best. On I think they probably are, in my books they are the coolest, unique-looking Terminators. Yeah, like um, they're just the way they look, right? I I I hope somebody out there, like guys, if you if you don't agree with us and you think that they're the best, you want to tell us about it, please do. I mean, if you want to talk about it next week and you want to come on and and tell us, like I'd love to have somebody come in and, and tell me that these are these guys are good for their point. Right, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're just a little underwhelming. I agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, again, I think the um, I think the blade of perdition on the champion. I think I think the standout, um, the standout in this unit is by far the crimson exemplar because not only he he gets a second wound and he gets an extra attack, and for ten points, a blade of perdition is totally worth it. Suddenly, you know, you've got a guy, a two wound terminator with four attacks on the charge. You know, wounding Marines on three, striking at initiative higher than them. Like, you know, the champion actually probably can kill his points worth. Um, it's just, you know, the fact that you're taking 250 to 300 points for four other models um, that kind of make it lackluster. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ooh, moving on to yes. Angel Yes, oh, this yes. is one of the more controversial uh, units, model-wise, at least. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to come out and say it. I am probably one of the few people I really like their models. Um, I, I built 10 of them today, um, or 10 more today. I think uh, the paint job doesn't do it justice on Forge World. I know a lot of people dislike the masks, um, but for me, you know, I, I, I think... Um, and I, I think Games Workshop kind of set them up to to fail because in the in the books they they describe them as having these silver death masks. Now, all the previous death masks we've seen have been the Sanguinary Guard death masks, right? Which look really cool. So I think when people people were expecting that, so they were a little bit let down when they had the the current ones, which you know, understandably, kind of do look a little bit noise marine-ish. Like, they definitely look like, kind of like, scree they, screaming sonic heads. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, like, just everything to me is, is screaming, like, the Immortals from 300. Yeah. Like, like yeah. every, like, in, like, the army itself has very much that feel of, of yeah, that. Yeah, very right? ornate. Um, yeah, so, model-wise, I, I will say I was actually impressed building them again. I think the torsos are cool. I think They've got, you know, um, they've got surprisingly unique armor um, when you actually look at the models um, and whatnot. So from that perspective, I, I, I like them. I, I, I am a fan of the models. Um, feel free to call me crazy. Uh, I'm sure the majority of people out there are going to be like, um, but uh, when we look at them rules wise, um, so they are stock space Marines with leadership nine. Um, and power armor. Their arc heirloom, um, heirloom rather, is leadership nine as well, two attacks. Um, you're looking at 130 points for five of them, and then 15 points to add 
another guy to the unit up to an additional five. So you can run 10-man squads. Now, I think this is very in line um, with the errated destroyer costs. And I think these guys, again, in, in the fluff, these guys, the Blood Angels don't feel destroyers. They feel the Angels' tears. And the whole story behind the masks is basically they're about to commit shameful acts in the name of the great angel. So they basically, when they don the mask, they relinquish their identity for that mission so that they don't bear the guilt basically of, of using, you know, of, of purging the purging the unworthy basically. Um, so uh, stock, they come with power armor, chain sword, combat blade, frag crack and rad grenades. So uh, that's that's good. Two Volkite Serpenta and a jump pack. So right off the bat, when you're looking at them, one thing that you find, with the exception of the Crimson Paladins, Blood Angels are a very point economic efficient legion. Um, for 15 points, you're getting a jump pack, two Volkite Serpentas, rad grenades. You know, um, you'd be paying well over, you know, 10 points for those in most other armies on top of their base cost. So big plus, in my opinion. Uh, they also have counterattack and hardened armor. Hardened armor um, obviously plays a, a bigger role in, uh, you know, void combat and zone mortalis, um, but still a buff. Um, when we look at their, uh, their upgrades, so any heirloom in the squad may exchange their Volkite Serpenta, um, one of their Volkite Serpentas for an angel tier grenade launcher which is a 24 inch range grenade launcher strength 4 ap4 3 inch blast rad phage and flesh bane so again very good against you know demons and whatnot and hot and custodes you're forcing huge amounts of wounds with flesh bane 2 plus um so to upgrade one of those is 15 points. So pretty expensive. You're looking at 30 points a model, but you know it puts out a lot of damage. A heavy flamer for 10 points, um, an assault cannon with suspenser web for 15 points, a rotor cannon, um, or a heavy chainsword. And then of course the uh, the arc RLM may exchange their chainsword and combat blade for uh, you know a heavy chainsword power weapon power fist single lightning claw or thunder hammer and those range from five to 20 points um, you could also exchange either of his volkite serpentas for a plasma pistol now again don't forget the blood angel rule where any model that can take a plasma pistol can take an inferno pistol instead for 15 points so you could have him rocking two infernus pistols um nice and then he can also take artificer armor for 10 points right so they are an elite choice um it's important to note legion moritats may join them as if they were a destroyer squad also any right of war which requires destroyers to be taken or as a limitation they may be included instead of or they may be included as destroyers so one thing that I like in 30k is versatile units. This unit is incredibly versatile. Um, you know, and has got access to some sick war gear. Um, you know, yes, you're paying a lot of points. You know, for 10 of them, you're looking at, you know, 300 and some points. 
uh, or sorry, 450 points if they're fully upgraded um, with, you know, uh, assault cannons and suspensor webs or grenade launchers. But man, they can do work, um, especially if you take the, you know, obviously you'd probably want to take artificer armor on the uh, arc Aralim to tank wounds because there's nothing more depressing than you know, losing a 35-point model, uh, <laughs> you know, to a 3-up save. But uh, again, when in conjunction with their right of war, at least you're guaranteed to shoot with these guys, right? You're coming down first turn, you're going to get to fire. So you're going to do damage no matter what. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're pretty cool. I think they're better than destroyers. I think they're better than, um, you know the other legions equivalents to destroyer type units um and overall i think yeah they're just a strong unit what do you guys think lots of options lots of yeah. options uh, i mean they've got jump packs for for you know uh moving around hardened armor mm -hmm. counterattack, like just yeah. yeah and then the weapon options themselves like just i don't think there's not really nothing else that has some of these options right yeah, so, like I, well, even, you think about it, even I comp, right? Even base stock with two Volkite yeah. Serpentons, right? Like, uh, that's one shot with the Volkite, right? Yeah, so it's, it's one strength five shot with Conflagrate. Right. So, so that's two, two, two shots two shot. within 12. So even with just 10 of them, right? They're jumping down at, uh, you know, with 20 shots. That's still, like, and it's a relatively inexpensive unit. Yeah, and yeah. it's got Conflagrate, let's not forget. Right, so yeah. you you know twenty shots that can, you know, at strength five can easily turn into if you roll well, you know, close to as many wounds. Yep, yeah. So that's that's really really nice, right? So, so uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan. I, I know a lot of people like the the, the uh, assault cannon. Assault cannons, yeah. Web. Now, I mean, remember too, if you're using the suspensor web, it's uh, half range, right? So it mm -hmm. makes them really short range. So now you're at you know, 12 inches, but, you know, 40 shots from a 10-man unit is kind of a lot, right? Like, yeah. I think, with Rendig, right? So This is like a 40k unit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's fistfuls <laughs> of dice, right? You know, we were talking about it before we hopped on, because, you know, I'm building 10 right now with assault cannons. I've also got 10 with Serpentas, uh, and I'm probably going to do 10 just to have with the uh, rad grenades, uh, or the, the rad phage, or whatever. But, um, you know, one thing to note is they are a pain in the butt with malfunction. Um, so you'd have to roll each assault oh, yes. cannon separately, or you'd have to get, as you know, Andy suggested uh, to me, 10 different colors of dice. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, there's, there's, um, they're just a versatile unit, you know, uh, bare bones, they're good. You know, if you take the assault cannons, you know you're you're doubling their points with the assault cannon or the um, the uh, grenade launcher. But you're also probably doubling, if not more than doubling, their kill capacity, right? Like you think ten of those grenade launchers would wreck any unit out there with flesh vein. Right, like whether I don't care if it's a twenty-man demon unit rerolling their invulns by their portal. I don't care if it's a ten-man custodian or custodes sentinel, uh, you know, shield guys. You know, you're just you're getting so many hits. You're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna fail saves, right? Like For it's sure. just 
Um, Absolutely. And and rad phage is nothing to sneeze at. Um, and you know they're good in combat. Like they're they're better than some combat specific units, right? So it's important to to note, right? Um, they to only replace with their Sorry, combat weapon, right? Like they they start with two attacks because of their close combat uh, weapon. And yeah, they start with two, and then they have counter attack. Right. Um, yeah. And they've got rad grenades, right? So, you know, lowering the um, uh, where is it? Does he, does he have toughness? To, do, they have, do they have? Do they have rad grenades? I thought they did. Uh, the grenade yeah, launcher they, has rad grenades. Oh, okay. So yeah, they, they start with rad grenades as well. It says frack crack and rad. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was looking for a separate line. So yeah, rad grenades are great, right? Like lowering the toughness of an enemy. Um, on most yeah. Like right? they're like, just. Sh- and you know it's it's important to note, right? I didn't realize this actually. Um, when you upgrade their weapon, you're only exchanging one of their Volkite Serpentas. So they still have a Serpenta and a close combat weapon. Or a chain sword, exactly. Yeah. So they still do. So it's kind of like interesting dual edged uh, uh, unit that you can actually still use in close combat to, to do a lot of damage against, mm-hmm. you know, majority of units out there. Like your special units, sure. You're not going to yeah. go up against those, but against like tactical Marines. Even if yeah, you don't they'll shred them. tactical Marines. Yeah, you, you can't just... You know, a tactical marine unit can't just charge them and expect to tie them up for a while. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they'll so, die. <laughs> exactly. Right. So they're they're really really good, really good unit for what they are. You're right. Once you start upgrading them, you're paying points. But if I don't know, they're going to be a fun unit to use, hundred percent. And and I and I think again, um, and yes, this is assuming that you're using the uh, the, the the jump pack right of war. But you know, so many the the downside of so many expensive units in this game is what if you don't get to shoot them? What if the enemy gets to shoot you first? Now, what I love about this is you're you've got a guaranteed shot, right? Like you're you know unless you scatter and mishap and get sucked into the warp, you know at least you're gonna get one round with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. they get a thumbs up for me for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> And that's part one of the Blood Angels. Uh, Tune in in the next couple of weeks here for uh, part two of this, where James will join us again, and we'll finish off the Blood Angels and probably go into a little bit more detail later on. Thanks again, guys. See you.